Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Blokes podcast, where yeah, we are just... Oh, shit. No, that's not my intro now. No. What are you oh. doing? <laughs> where we are just two blokes who are trying to be a bit better and a bit less of a... Shit, con. Sorry. No, we're not all there. Now, and, I mean, look, I feel mostly fine, but clearly Andy's brain is still a bit fried. Yeah, cognitive function is lower than usual. <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got what the... the obviously, the... The thing that occurred on Saturday, and then you had a few beers yesterday. Which, after the thing that occurred on Saturday, you it probably wasn't the best idea. No. Roasted you. I mean, like, look, look, you're having fun. You just did a huge achievement. You've probably got a few cows to spare. Why not have a few beers? But with that in mind, it probably has affected you a little bit more than it probably would. Oh yeah, and it normally would. Absolutely. I was glad though that I wasn't hungover this morning. You weren't at all. No. no. How many beers did you have? I don't know. Um, not too many. I think I had maybe five or six. Absolute fucking. And an espresso martini. And an espresso martini. It was twelve bucks and it was delicious. Say less. Alrighty, everyone. <laughs> um, thank you all for listening. Um, if we do sound a little bit subdued, we apologise. We're still pretty tired. This is literally like this is Monday, the twenty eighth, and we ran on the twenty sixth. So there's still a little bit of head, probably a little bit of head noise around, just lower energy levels in general. But yeah. we're going to try and bring it. Yeah, I think. I'll, Overall, I'm definitely in high spirits. I'm in higher spirits today than I was early yesterday. <laughs> Even before the beers, like, I was sore. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, if you are new around here, we are, yeah, as we said, we're just two blokes trying to be a little bit better. and Realize the shit on. Yeah. Um, give us a follow on Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Amazon if you're a lizard. Yeah, Better Blokes Podcast. Send Robbie an email at better, betterblogspodcast at gmail.com. Should I live check the emails again? I'll get it up. So we'll just start talking. I'll have that open so we can, I can check it. Is there really a point to checking the emails? It's, I do it because it's fun. Fair enough. Um, but also give us a like, give us a rating, um, a five download, stars, five stars. All, that, all the good stuff, all the internet buttons you need to press to make us feel good. Please do that. And if you are listening, chuck it up on your Instagram story. Like, yeah, and tag us. Yeah, because that makes us feel better about ourselves. Yeah. It's not, it's not about helping the podcast do better. It's purely an ego thing. So um, please feed the ego. It's entirely an ego thing. Do you remember the... I do, but I'm not, I'm not going to say it out loud on the podcast. That would just be silly. But it's a funny it's a funny password. I'm not. Yeah, no, it will be silly to say it. So Andy thinks I should say the, the our password for all of our internet things out loud on oh, the podcast a, live yeah. because it's a funny podcast. A funny password. It is a funny password. Moron. <laughs> we could always change it before this comes out. This is for a week. <laughs> um, how are you feeling? Um, I feel better now. Um, having just been to the physio, um, I feel a lot better than I did. Definitely on Saturday, and I feel better than I did yesterday. And I hoping that the next few weeks or the next few days continue in that uh, in that pattern. Slowly but surely feeling better. Yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully, you. yeah, that is the pattern. It would be uh, horrible if you got worse. Yeah. Um, tell us, take us through the injuries. I think that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, so um, obviously, if you've been living under a rock and for some reason you're jumping in, at this will be episode 14. Holy fuck. I oh, know, it's mad, isn't it? So if you're jumping in at episode 14 and you don't know what we've just done and what whatever the fuck we're talking about. Go back and listen to episode 13. Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you now as well. And then go listen to episode 13. Actually, stop. Pause it here. Go and listen to episode 13 and come back. Yeah. Oh, you could do that. But essentially, we ran 60 kilometers each on Saturday for Movember to raise money for... For Movember. For Movember, yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly enough. And um, that's part of the 
Lululemon more than a run, run. Yeah. And it was a bit of crack. And prior to it, my longest run was 21.4K. Mine was 22.3. So collectively, we had done just over two thirds of the entire distance that we were both going to do. So yeah, not exactly going into it the most prepared, but it was it was a bit of a fuck it moment. We were quite inspired. Yeah, I had um, I actually had someone on s- on Friday night, so I didn't see the message until Saturday morning. Said, "How long have you been prepping for this run for?" Um, and then after the run, I said, "Define prepping," and she said, "Training, programming, that kind of stuff." And I said, "Oh, in that case, zero days." Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it was just under a month out we decided, like, "Oh, this this is a good idea," which. This is an d- d- idea. <laughs> yeah, depending on how you look at it, it's a good idea or a bad idea. But yeah, this is an idea. Let's do this. But neither of us change our training for it. We're both training for triathlons anyway, so it's like, that's nah, not too In good. fact, I mean, due to a variety of factors, mine actually probably went in the wrong direction. Yeah, you went backwards. Because I was injured and then I was sick and then I was away. Yeah. <laughs> All in the space of like three weeks, which was the three weeks preceding preceding the race so i spent the, all the preparation i did was the four days preceding the race doing two days of low inflammatory food and then two days of carb load and then how, let's go <laughs> yeah and there you go and you did it yeah and you're still here to tell the tale so it doesn't really matter yeah and also i said someone asked me they were like what's your goal time and i said somewhere between six and seven hours i did seven hours and 15 minutes so of zero preparation to do just off of my goal not bad Decent, yeah. That's not even a full uh, minute per K more. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. I, however, had a very different experience from my run. So we met up with a few blokes from the running room, from Turbo Runners. King's Cross Track Club as well. King Cross, yeah. yeah so a few blokes, a few mad cons who decided to do 60K on a Saturday morning, for yeah. all for a good cause. Yeah. And we ran with them down to the boathouse in La Perouse around yeah. Malabar Heads. Yeah, via, yeah, via Malabar. Headland. Um, headland, yeah. yeah. That's it. And that took 17K. And that was fairly, I wouldn't say cruisy, because that was close to my PB. Well, we were trying to keep up like, with him. Yeah, we were trying to keep up with that. Like, performance-wise, we were maybe, for the most part, 15, 20 metres behind yeah. at, at any one time. We never really fell behind. Yeah. However, stopped for our coffee in, at the Bowhouse in, in La Perouse. And then out, out of La Perouse is when things went downhill for me. <laughs> um. I think stopping, everything kind of relaxed and tightened up, and then I never really got going again, and it's a hill out of the boathouse, um, yeah. and then to, back towards Centennial Park, and my hip, my left hip was in tatters. Yeah, there's definitely that. a, um, sorry to interrupt Andy, there's definitely a, when when you, like these type of people, so the r- people that run a lot or ride a lot as well, like doing these big long runs and rides, you can actually get quite used to stopping and starting again and get used to the restart. Um when you're as like as you're newer to it, what less than three months of training, you um, it you, it takes a bit for you to get used to that stop and go again and stop and go again. Oh yeah, and the so having the body having being able to get back into a groove quite quickly, um, and the body not relaxing too much when you stop. But as you said, seventeen k's is almost a PB for you. So your body yeah. was probably like, oh sweet, we're done now. We can we can chill. Yeah, and it just went. Yeah, and then. I think the next 5K, my hip was in fucking bits. It was like I was being stabbed with a screwdriver, and every time I'd lift my left leg, someone turned said screwdriver. It, it did ease up and kind of go away and come back, go away and come back. Um, but yeah, that was pretty fun. It was surprising how often I got the feeling, I got a painful feeling and went, oh, this is it. I don't think this is, gonna, this is what's going to be my end. And then like 
half an hour later it's gone. Yeah, you forget about it. <laughs> you like, just like it's definitely worse than you focus on it. Yeah. Like I found the best times were when I didn't focus on it. And that's why the hardest part. So at Laparus we then ran back to Centennial Park where I was so slow, the others had left with their main running group who were running the thirty. You waited for me and we started our second thirty. Yeah. Together. So I think at that point I was on the pace that I was hoping to be on. So I finished that first thirty in just shy of three hours and thirty minutes. I think it was like three twenty eight, three twenty nine. Yeah. Somewhere around there. And I was like, right, that's where I expect to be. I know the next thirty isn't gonna be as fast, but I wasn't ready for how slow it was gonna be. Yeah. Because we ran out, we then refueled, I had a bit of food, filled our water, went to the toilet and then off we went again. And then I just couldn't run. Yeah. I managed to run out of Centennial Park and then kind of run to Bronte. And then when we got to Bronte, I was just, nah. I was well, it's pretty much just hills. Like, it was so hilly from yeah. there for the next, from that point until, so I think we started going back downhill at roughly, it was roundabout where I hit the marathon. So roughly about 42 kilometres was when we started going back downhill. And we hit Bronte at like 32, yeah. maybe. So for roughly 13 kilometres, sorry, 10 kilometres, it was entirely uphill, almost entirely uphill. Yeah. And <laughs> you, know, you know the whole thing, what goes up must come down? Yeah. I didn't feel much coming down. And also it's like, I think some people think that like with running, like running down hills is easier, but in, it's the actually in, is much in, higher. in theory, it's actually harder because um, when you're, and there's actually studies to prove this, is that the sort of like the eccentric loading, which is essentially the going down phase of a lift is the harder part. So if you're squatting, when you squat down, like that's what's doing, t- putting more load on your... Yeah, more on tension, your, more, more damage. Tension. Exactly. You're running downhill constantly. That's just constant eccentric, like deceleration, um, taking that load, phrasing. And so as you're going down, you're just getting take like getting more and more and more. And so it's actually heavier than going up. Yeah. Then you add on top of that, the fact that you're... Because your muscles start to get tired, your joints have to start taking so much. My, like my knees were absolutely fucked running down New South Head Road, like yeah. just trying to main like stop myself from falling over. Well, so a big part of my theory was like, all right, well, all I got to do is get to that. You know, the roundabout there at the Grumpy Baker where yeah. Old South Head Road and New South Head Road meet. I do a lot of navigating as well because I don't know it as well as I'd like to know it. <laughs> I took a few wrong turns. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking, I was like, right, I just have to get there. This is all uphill. I, I couldn't run. Like I could run up maybe... 50 meters then I'd have to stop because yeah. I was in so much pain I couldn't really lift my left leg so I was like fuck this is going to take way longer than I wanted it to which is it is what it is at that point I didn't care about the time I was like I just want to finish it and I was like right I just got to get to that little turnaround and then it's downhill but I couldn't run downhill because the pain was so much worse because of obviously everything we've just gone through the higher impact the eccentric loading I was like what the fuck I was like how long is this going to take me and then through Vaucluse down to Rose Bay, and then the hills from Rose Bay, because I didn't go the, the route that we were sent through, I ended up going a slightly different way. Okay. And coming up onto Old South Head Road, and then through Bondi Junction. Oh. Which meant I, yeah, I, I don't know how I ended up there. But he's like, you didn't have to turn off. Yeah, I didn't have to, but I did. <laughs> it was literally like, when you went onto New South Head Road, you just followed New South Head Road until you got to Ocean Street. Yeah. Which I is didn't. a very, it's like, it's not like a, Oh, do I turn left here? It's a very obvious left turn. Yeah. <laughs> Did you fuck that up? Because, so <laughs> when I was saying I was trying to navigate, I was like, in my head, I was like, I do not want to run through the hills of Double Bay. Oh, so you were trying to cut out those hills. Yeah. So you're always going to have to come up them though. Yeah, so I gave myself some worse hills. Yeah. <laughs> by turning off 
yeah. New Southhead Road and going up through the back arse of Rose Bay and into Bondi Junction. Yeah, that was rookie. Yeah. And then into Centennial Park. But uh, just want to mention, big shout out to my fiance, Kira. Shout who, out, Kira. Who met both of us who, at this point, we've been separated. Separately. For like probably like an hour, hour and a half. I think I got to her 40 minutes after you. Really? Yeah. I sat down for quite a bit with okay. her. I like had my... Because my head was pounding, so I had some Panadol and Gatorade and filled my water, went to the toilet, and then did the last 10K. But yeah, so she went to Centennial Park, met you, gave you a Gatorade, and sent you and some Panadol. And some Nurofen, yeah. Yeah, sent you on your way. And then waited another 40, 45 minutes for me. Same thing. And then ran the last, what, supposed yeah, to be 10K. Just 10. Uh, yeah. What did you do? Well, I don't know where I got the extra kilometre from, but because I ended up doing 61 kilometres. Because my Garmin's in miles, so I, yeah. I wanted to be sure, so I did a little bit more. To be sure, to be sure. Fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she ran the last 10K with me, having never run 10K before. And also carrying a bag with... Yeah, an Esky with some beers in it. Yeah, like an Esky. That was, it's not like a backpack. It was like a... Yeah, like a, carry, like a, like a hold all, yeah. yeah. So it was not a... It was definitely not an easy experience. For and f- quite a hot day as well. Yeah. She was not, pre- like, she was not mentally, physically prepared to just no. go out and run 10. So. Yeah. What Shout out, Kira. Yeah, what a fucking shift. Yeah, huge. Now, for me, it was like, I guess, um, that first 30K, like, of, I, the first 17 was, I think we like, we had a fairly similar experience. Yeah. Um, we stopped to the boathouse, bit of coffee. Yeah. Everyone was getting banana bread, so I was like, fuck yeah. it, I'm going to get to But, like, you're running with people as well, you're chatting, it's like, this yeah. is, you know, it's great crack. It was good fun, like, yeah. some crack, like, met some, like, there were all some great people that we were running with. Um, shout out to Paddy McNamara, who's just like, he's just a legend. Like if um if you don't know who he is, he's a physio at the running room. Yeah, I've um, actually just come from. Seeing yeah, him. and he he's like runs the Turbo Runners Run Club, I believe. I'm not sure. Or he's like heavily involved with it. Um, what an absolute legend! Like running with him, like he would be bouncing up between us, like between the groups. Yeah. He'd be checking in on you, playing music, having a good chat. Like I really enjoyed running with him. He's he's yeah, like, he's an, like just an absolute legend. Um, but yeah, then we got to the bow house. I was feeling good. We turned back up and then I was kind of left in this like, do I stick with Andy or do I try and stay with the group? And I was like, no, I'm running with Andy. I'll try and stick with Andy. And then I just turned around and you just weren't there anymore. (laughs) I was like, oh, no. (laughs) There was a point because we'd had that conversation. I was like, no, you just keep going. Like, you run your race. I was like, we'll finish. At this point, I was still optimistic. I was like, we'll finish it together. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, you can wait for me like later on. I was like, just get into a rhythm and do your own thing. And then, um, yeah, so I was like, I was like, oh, I'll put up, because I knew your PB was for the distance wise was a half marathon plus 200 meters. Yeah. And then, but then you also did a time PB for that. You ran that the fastest one. You I ran it like, like two minutes quicker. Yeah. So I was like, I'll stick with you and I'll get a video of you hitting it. And then yeah. I like, I ran to the point and then turned around and you were like, oh, like a couple hundred meters behind me. I was like, oh shit. And then I was like, my distance PB was 22.3. So I was yeah. like, oh, when I hit there, I'll get another video. And by the time I hit there, I turned around, nah. So I kept running for a bit, stopped at an intersection, was like, I'll just wait for you to rock up and we'll have a chat. You rocked up. I said, all right, I'll meet you at, like, if, like, I'll meet you at Centennial Park. I'm going to stop and get some sunscreen, blah, blah, blah. And so I was running along all the way through, like, up Anzac Parade through Kensington. I just found it hilarious, like, how, we, like, we were just running on this, like, street. And for us, this is, like, a huge day, like, yeah, you know, we're accomp- doing something. Like, at this point, I've run further in one go than I've ever run before. Um, it's, like, a huge accomplishment. And all these people were just living their day and they just see some like <laughs> disgusting human being blowing his nose on his shirt, covered in sweat and grime and just looking like an absolute wreck, just like just slowly jogging past him. There was one point running up Anzac Parade through Kensington where I was stopped at a light waiting to cross and there was this couple standing there and they're all done up and they were going out 
uh, going out for the day, going out for brunch or breakfast or whatever it looked like. And I just smelled myself. I got a whiff. <laughs> and I turned around and was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, uh, so I stopped in at a petrol station, got myself a Powerade and some sunscreen because Rookily, Rookily? Rookily? As a rookie, um, I had not put some sunscreen on originally. I just assumed that someone else would have some. And then the sun was starting to come out. I was like, fuck, I better put some on. So I went and stopped, got some. And then I was very liberal, like I was liberal with how I was applying it. It was really good. I wiped it on my neck and I was like, oh, fuck, that hurts. I hope I'm not burnt. It wasn't burnt. It's chafe. <laughs> my neck is well and truly chafe. Because you wore the little backpack. Wore the backpack, yeah. yeah. No, it's just bouncing constantly. Yeah, whereas the vest I have, like, yeah. the vest I have comes lower, down lower yeah. on my back. Um, yeah, and anyway, like, made my way back to um, CP. Um, did a little, like, instead of running through CP, I went for a little, like, around the loop just to make sure I got 30 by the time we got to the homestead. Yeah. Um, ran into Katie Pitts, obviously, who we work with and is one of my clients, and she gave me a little hug. Um, had to apologise afterwards because I was covered in snot. Then <laughs> um, sat down, and when I went to, so, like... And what do you think Katie regrets that whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> nah, she was fine. When I stopped, I actually, I felt my, like... I was walking along and I felt like my right knee was like losing the connection. <laughs> like or the joint was just not 100% there. And I was like, this doesn't feel good. And then as I sat down, I started to get like throbbing in my feet and stuff. And I was like, fuck, I hope Andy gets here soon. <laughs> um, otherwise, I'm just going to have to start moving because otherwise... Were I'm you waiting for me long? Oh, half an hour maybe. Yeah. A bit less. Um, not too long, but I was like, look, I might as well just stay. And then I actually, I was like, fuck, he's going to take over and you just popped up. I was like, oh, shit, yeah. he's here. Um. Then we started running again and I was like, went off at the same pace that I was doing before and turned around and instantly you were about 15 metres behind you. I was like, all right, I'll slow down yeah. a bit, wait with him. We were um, going slow. I was still trying to figure out my like little setup with the bag and the, the belt, which the was really annoying bottle that was bouncing and slapping yeah. in the dick. Then I figured out if I put it in my pocket, I forgot it was there. So I put it in my pocket and didn't touch it again for the rest of the run. <laughs> um, you were doing better not having that belt. Yeah. On the belt itself was good because it had... Just the bottle that attached carries it. Up. It was just the bottle um, that was annoying. Yeah. yeah. Um, run out up out of um, CP up to Bronte. And then as we were going like down towards Bronte, I was like, fuck, i got to rearrange this. And so I started re readjusting the belt and stuff. Um, and so I put the belt... It was across my chest like I was a lad at the... At at a festival yeah so i put it down a across my um uh, like at a where a belt should be and i put the pack back on and i felt something kind of like scratching on my back that's what the fuck and i like put the pack on the front now nah, still like too awkward I was trying to find what was scratching i couldn't figure it out but pretty much something in the lining has like bent and oh. so there's this little bit of plastic just poking up and i just went fuck i'm just gonna have to deal with this so now i've got a cut on my back where i've just it's just like 27 kilometers of just a little bit of plastic just scratching into my back oh, the whole way and when i was trying to figure that out i stopped and you caught up and you just charged past me and you're like sorry i've got momentum and i'm like that's good bro. just keep going <laughs> you were on the you were going well i was like just let him go um and then yeah got uh got that all together ran down through bronte and i'm like some kids like like um trashed me as i was running past like oh good run bro i was like fuck off <laughs> I don't care, mate. So Robbie stopped, had an argument. It's like, yeah. by the way, I'm 32 kilometres yes. in. Sorry, mate. I'm just like, this is a big thing and I'm yeah. raising money. Fuck you. Yeah. Do, do you know, this is further than I've ever run before. Yeah, I you stopped and I showed them, showed them the Strava. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hang on, let me pause my Garmin. Yeah, and then um, and then uh, we got um, got like, got to Tamarama and one I was, someone was like, hey, man, and like held out their hand. And I looked up and it was one of the boys we were running with yeah. before. And then Rory Rornock ran past. I was like, oh, I Rory, saw, yeah. I saw Rory, so. And then Pat ran past. And I was like, Pat, like... And he was like, oh, 
what what route are you doing? And I was like, the route that was in the chat. He was like, oh, yeah, we changed that. <laughs> I was like, cheers. <laughs> because I run past yeah. them at Tamarama as well. Yeah. And then he was like, um, he was like, oh, if you head back to CP, and I was like, look, mate, don't worry about it. I'm just going to keep doing this way. I know it's going to hit the 30. Like, I know I'll get close to the 30, so I'll be sweet. I'll keep doing this. I'll see you at the finish line. I didn't see him at the finish line. No. Um, kept on going, and then down like through Bondi, I had my little Ned Brockman moment by running along like Bondi towards North Bondi. Oh, see, I actually, I actually avoided the promenade because yeah. a lot of people. I went along the promenade and it was like, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, how good. And there were people like in front of the Surf Life Saving Club. I was like, rude. I wanted to run through there. And then started up the hill. And the thing about that hill, like the north, like the hill at North Bondi is I ride down that a lot, cycling. Yeah. Um, and so. You're down it fairly quickly. Yeah. I don't realize how long it is. Yeah. So there's a, like, Way, way up the hill, there's a, a, a park. The one where you can see the, the Harbour Bridge. See the Harbour. Yeah. I got a photo. Yeah, from that park to Bondi Beach, you don't have to pedal. No, it's just all downhill. All downhill. And I knew that and was going the other direction. Yeah. <laughs> and I just went, fuck. I, <laughs> I, I knew that as well. And I was like, oh, <coughs> no. I was just walking up and I put on my Instagram story. I was like, guys, I'm just coming through Dover Heights and – it's defeated me, honestly. Like I was, I would like run for a little bit and then walk. I started singing um, country songs to myself, so I was like singing like Country Road and Wagon Wheel. But like I don't best know best choice of music for an endeavor like that. I don't know all the words, so I pretty much just went Country Road, take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia, Mountain Barrow, take me home, Country Road, and then just repeated that because oh, <laughs> that's all that I knew. This makes me glad that we split up. Yeah, because I do know the words. I wasn't singing it very loud, and then um. Uh, and then a bit further along and then I got to, I think it's called like Diamond Bay. So it's between, um, Dover Heights and Vaucluse. Yeah. So it's yeah. Just coming up. I started feeling, um, my tibialis anterior tendon. So if you don't know which one that is, that one is, it's the sort of like, you can probably, if you lift your toes towards your shin, you'll probably feel like a big, um, tendon pop up in the front of your ankle. So it's that tendon. I started feeling it. I couldn't lift my foot up at all, but it was like hurting. Yeah. And I tried, I loosened my shoes, still hurting. So it wasn't a pressure thing. It wasn't like my shoes were too tight. It was like, it was just in pain. I was like, fuck, <laughs> I think this might be the end of me. And then I was like, oh, like just keep going and like see how it goes. Eventually got up to Vaucluse um, uh, and turned onto New South Head Road. And there was some shops there. And I went into the news agent to buy Powerade. And the guy's like, you running today, mate? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. He's like, <laughs> Enjoy your run. And I was like, ha. <laughs> I just walked out. <laughs> I was too rooted. Had a little moment. I was like, I ran my first marathon. Woo! I saw that. Kept on running. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, I plan to do something similar to you. Be like, oh, I'll be on my stories. Like, yeah, cool. Here's my milestones. And then after the coffee, I was like, I just can't. I was like, I just got to focus on doing me. Yeah. And just finishing it. I actually think that going on the stories kind of like helped me a little bit because it was, A, I was getting messages from people, which was really like amazing. Thank you to everyone that sent a message of support that really like helped us get along or helped me get along but um it also was kind of like i could share what i was going through and like and so then like people could see but it was also i could post little milestones yeah um and then uh yeah down into rose bay i started singing to myself again um and this time i started setting um singing zombie i can't remember who it's by cranberries yeah, it's like, in my head. But then when I got to the bit where it just goes zombies, zombies, I was just going head noise, head noise, <laughs> head noise. Um, you get very head noisy when you... Oh, 
so ahead. Especially because, like, realistically, we did more than half of that completely on our own. Oh, yeah. Like, just... Excuse me. Like, just, like, no one to talk to, no one to kind of, like, lean on just us in our own heads. And that that's, like, I think that's an accomplishment in itself. Yeah. It definitely made it harder being alone. Be, like, going through the hard bits of going up that hill from North Bondi to Dover Heights and through to Vaucluse. That was the hardest bit of it. And then down to Rose Bay and then up the hills out of Rose Bay towards um, Bondi Junction. Mm. That was definitely the hardest. The most enjoyable and probably the easiest mentally was the last 10K. You had I, someone with you. Because I was lucky enough to have Kira with me. Well, I, I think that was also like quite, it wasn't as uphill and I think I could start to feel myself getting towards yeah. the end. Oh yeah, well it's flatter, you know you're near the end. I also knew that the Lululemon event ended at four and I was like, oh, I've got to get there before it ends. <laughs> Not not even for the t-shirt because yeah. they were long gone. Yeah, there was also like um. So when you when we left Cent- when I left Centennial Park, so it's kind of skipping a bit. But when I left Centennial Park, this um, is for the last 10 for the game. last ten. Um, you kind of run along. Um, is it Lang Road? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And then you um, and then you and then I kind of like went left to cross over South Dowling Street. So I didn't go straight at Cleveland. I went left for a bit and then crossed yeah, there. Yeah, same. And at that point, cross I kn- over the footbridge. Yeah, I knew at that point. From then on, I was heading towards the end because at all other points you're just you're running to get the distance. But then there, it's like, oh no, I'm actually making the turn now to head back. Yeah, and that was like a big like I was like, oh fuck! It's like, just you're now only gonna get closer to the final destination yeah. because on that point there was periods of time where I was like, especially up around Dover Heights and Vaucluse, you can see the city. Yeah, you can and see it's the ha- so far away. You can see the operas. But like as the crow flies, you're like, I could just run straight there. Yeah. Like that's where I need to be. Yeah. But the worst thing, not the worst thing, but like knowing that you couldn't run straight there. Yeah. Cause you could get there and you're like, no, oh, fuck, I haven't done 60K. Yeah. And like that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> and a big thing for me, knowing my Garmin is in miles, I fucking can't change it. It does my head in. I've tried so many times. I knew roughly like it's, I think 60K is 37.6 miles. But sometimes when I Google it, it would say 37.8. So like I never from Google I never got the exact same number. So I was like, all right, I'm just gonna do thirty eight miles. So I ended up doing an extra K. <laughs> I was like, I did not because I ran past you at the establishment and I was yeah. like, I gotta do I think I gotta do another hundred meters because yeah. I had to hit thirty eight miles. Yeah. And then I came back and then I stopped on Strath and I was like, I've done an extra one point one K. Yeah. Um and then when we got to when I got to the like five K to go, which is sort of roughly like central, so like yeah, just yeah. down the hill from work. Um, I got a message from Harrison Pierce, who was another one of the yeah, boys yeah. that we ran with. Um, he was just saying, yeah, like, cheers for, like, the effort today. Glad to run with you. Um, hope you're all good. So I was like, yep, 5K, go sweet. And at that point, I started to feel something on my right foot, um, which was my toe on my right oh. foot. So my second toe, if you haven't seen my Instagram story, it's pretty rank at the moment. So, but at that point, because I knew I'd, a couple of weeks ago, I'd done a half marathon and, when I'd finished it, it was all, it was very bruised, blood blister. And I was like, I'm going to lose that nail. Like I, I just had accepted it. At this point I started feeling this like pain and it felt like something was being pulled back. And I was like, I think I've lost the nail. Ugh. So I had to, I couldn't stand at one point I was standing at a crossing waiting to, to cross. And I was standing on like the little like ramp down to the road. And I had to step back because I couldn't stand with my back, my foot in that position because it was putting pressure on the toe. I had to step back. And I was like, you just got to keep going, bro. Like you're almost there. Um, realized I got through um, Hyde Park and realized that if I'd run all the way to the Harbour Bridge, it would probably be... Oh, so if I ran around the route that we were supposed to do, around the Botanical Gardens, Opera yeah. House, 
I would have done more than 60. I'd yeah. done the math. I was like, it's going to be more. So now I had to try and figure out how to, I only had like 2.8 Ks to do and I had to figure out how to do 2.8 in that without like going too far. So I ended up doing this little kind of like spaz thing through the, the botanical gardens and then got uh, onto Macquarie Street to run down to the opera house and I got close and I was like, oh, this will be far enough. And it turns out that it was probably about 200 metres, uh, 100 metres too short that way. If I'd done 100 further and then 100 back, I would have like nailed yeah. it. Um, but I didn't figure that out until I got to the establishment. And then running through fucking Circular Quay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's so many people. and Because like, there's a cruise ship that pulled up as well. There's yep. so many tourists. And like, honestly, it's like, look, I understand that this wasn't a specific event. I'm just going for a run realistically. But if you see someone running, get out of their fucking way. <laughs> Just get out of the way. Like it just, all you have to do is step to the side, stop walking for half a second, step to the side, let them run past. Cause that was an absolute effort. And it's like, yes, there's kids, like kids don't understand sometimes, but I almost knocked over three or four kids. But to be fair, they probably would have knocked me over in the state that I yeah. was in. But I also started to see people with Lululemon bags, like walking away. And I was like, fuck these people. Are, they're not only they done, they're leaving the event. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, when I got to Centennial Park, just before the last 10k i went toilet at cp homestead and there was a chap in the jacks as well wearing his lululemon t-shirt and i was oh. like because the event went from 12, 12 to 4. 4 yeah so like you have a big gap like if you're only doing 10k you could do it in an hour yeah do it an hour get there for 12 and be done yeah start right. at 11 done at 12 yeah all good that's what that's what we'll do next year yeah <laughs> Um, so we get the t-shirt Well that's the thing Because then, so then I was running along I saw the establishment But I ran along <laughs> On the other side of the road Intentionally Because I knew I was going to have to do Circle back So I ran around hit, Circled back Got to Like was running up To the establishment One of the security guards Just goes Oh there's one of the runners And these like People that were Like checking people in Just turned around And saw me And I just went <sighs> And they're like How far They're like Well done Like good work How far did you go I was like Big one 60 <laughs> they were like oh shit and they're like give me like a towel and pull me in and the guy who was running the event the lulu guy just happened to be at the door at the same time and he saw me and i thought i was like i felt okay obviously i like shit because i just run 60 kilometers but i felt like like i didn't think i looked too bad i must have looked a fucking state because as soon as i walked in the door he was like what do you need do you need this do you need that like what do you need i'll look after you You just sit down i'll get it for you blah 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 and i was like food <laughs> well that's all i said food and i walked through bumped into the one of the guys that we'd run with and then he was with like a, a, f- a friend of mine who i haven't seen in like 10 years or so like since i was in high school and she was like oh like robbie how'd you go i was like food <laughs> food and then i was like looking for it and eventually the security guard was like are you looking for the toilet and i was like food this is all i said and then she was like you wait here, I'll sort it out for you. And she went into the kitchen and got a plate of food for me. Oh, <laughs> so I must have looked in absolute state. And then I would just sat down on my own, was just smashing back sliders, just waiting for you to finish. Um, and then eventually I got up and I was like, where are the shirts? And they're like, oh, we've run out of them. And I was like, how about all these fuckers like doing their 10K, <laughs> rocking up, taking all the fucking shirts. The boys come through with a huge mammoth ever doing our 60. Oh, no, we're out of shirts. <laughs> well, the thing with that is when you register for the event, you have to give your shirt size and you have to register and you give like emergency contact details and all that. Obviously clearly it doesn't matter. No. Well, what this guy who run, um, his name's Matty, who runs the community stuff for Lululemon, he said to me that people, more people than they expected rocked up and they weren't actually checking off whether or not you'd done it. No. Nah. Like whether or not you'd well, signed up. Well, because Kira 
registered because you had to register to go to the thing and you could register as doing zero kilometers yeah but it, it still asked for her shirt size so yeah. she just rocked up and asked for a shirt she could have got one well the amount of people in like jeans and t-shirts who clearly had not run that day with little lululemon bags i was like come on guys unless maybe they were selling stuff there as well i don't think they were well because there was the white t-shirt that was just like a cotton t-shirt but there's the black no, but they were lululemon. All, they were all more than the shirts they were giving out Oh. I don't think the black were, ones were nice. I didn't like the white ones. I don't think they were selling anything. I think people yeah, have just rocked up and taken kit, which I think is a bit shit. Like, yeah. If you're not going to raise money, then don't take any kit. Yeah. I mean, I can't say. I'm, I got there at two minutes past four. Yeah. And you, yeah. And then everyone was like leaving, and I was just sitting out the front waiting for you to yeah. get done. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, it's all right. Um, and then I just called an Uber. Was like, get me home. <laughs> yeah. I remember I got, I got there, finished, and I was like, I'm just going to sit down now. Yeah. It was very anticlimactic because I missed. Yeah. <laughs> I missed well, that's the, the event. thing. Like when, because when I finished, there was no one that I knew like there pretty much. So I just like ran over the line, and this, these people from the Lemon were like, "Well done," and I was just like, and then I went and sat in a corner and ate food. <laughs> it's not what I expected. Yeah. When they said there was a finish line event, I didn't think it would just be oh, you literally run into a pub. Yeah. <laughs> but you know. If, if, if better, they, it's better than nothing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And actually, they did actually have a finish line stick, like tape on the ground in inside. Inside, yeah. I didn't get inside. But they ripped it up before you got there because yeah. you got there after it finished. Yeah, two minutes, but like yeah. No, no, they they were wrapping it up before then. Yeah, no, but I mean, it officially ended at four, and I got there two minutes past four. <laughs> um, how's the what's what's the injury sit rep? Um, so I'm just back from. I actually saw Pat in the running room who we uh, who we ran with. Please put your toe back. In the crock, I don't want to look at that. I'm gonna pull it out later. Um, ugh, video it. Uh, so yeah, just back from seeing Pat in the running room. So my left hip was the main cause for concern, but I also got some pain in my right shin, uh, right shin, bottom, uh, top of the shin, and bottom of the knee. So what's going on with my hip is my what the fuck? Best way of saying this, it's not really really bad but a lot of the tendons that attach to the top of the femoral head so to the top of the femur are really really inflamed and he goes the worst thing you can do is stretch them because you're just going to put more stress on them it's like don't stretch just take it off the glutes need to be released because they're really really tight and that's what's causing all this pulling um so that's what's going on with the hip essentially you're you don't have a acute injury it's just fucked because you ran 60 kilometers two days ago yeah so (laughs) it's it's not an injury Yet he's like, but it could become one. Yeah, he's like, it's just a really, really, really bad niggle. Yeah. Like, yeah, it just gotta take some time off. Don't load it. Release around the glute. He's like, yeah, it'd be sweet. Uh, and then the right knee. So I have an impinged fat pad in my right knee. Yeah. So the fat pad being basically a pad of fat that goes between your tibia and your yeah. femur and your patella, which which for, if you don't know, that's your thigh bone, your shin bone, and your kneecap. Oh yeah, thank you. Um, so normally when you're running, your muscles, obviously being a lot bigger and stronger, they do a lot of the absorption. They take a yeah, lot of the that's load. That's what they're designed for. Exactly, yeah. As you fatigue, which believe it or not, we ran into some fatigue on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Just, a, just a smidge. Um, so yeah, as you fatigue, the muscles do less and less, which means then your connective tissue and your bones and stuff like your cartilage and your fat pads start to take that load and do, and they do the absorption, which is where these injuries come from. Yeah, because they're not designed to d- take that much load. But no. yeah, when you're that fatigued, that's that's yeah. where that happens. And that's where, you, that's, you know, that's where injury comes from. Like my calves and my hamstrings in particular were rock hard. Like I just couldn't use them. Yeah. 
And also, um, it's it's grand now, but on Saturday night in particular, my lower back was so fucking tight. Mm. Like when I'd stand up, it'd take me about ten seconds to stand upright because it was so fatigued. Yeah, but yeah, feeling good now. Uh, got a bit of a rub down. I'm gonna go back to see them on Friday and then back in again next week, and then hopefully we'll be able to start loading my joints and muscles and body again. Nice, nice, nice. So won't swim. Probably won't do too much training this week. Might do a bit of swimming, probably not any cycling. And mm. um, then we'll have a chat. So I'm not seeing Pat this Friday. I'm seeing Harry, who also ran with us. Mm. He was the only one who didn't have the pack. He just ran a t-shirt. That Harry. Yeah. Is he a physio as well? Yeah. So I thought Harry with the moustache. Yeah, with yeah. The mullet was all, he's a physio. No, he stood, he's in uni. You get the, I think it's the other way around. I don't know. Because they're both called Harry. Yeah, I know, but... Pretty sure the one with the tape on his knee, he's a physio. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, he did have a pack, though. No, he just ran a t-shirt. No, the one without the pack didn't have tape on his knee. I don't know, it doesn't matter. The one with the moustache and the mullet and the, the, hat, the same yeah, hat. Yeah, he's, he's not a physio. I thought he was. No, he's not. Oh. All right, okay. The other Harry with the tape on his knee and just in a t-shirt was a physio. No, but the one, the one with the... Didn't just the t-shirt, didn't have a tape on his knee. Oh, well then... <laughs> you're, you're getting the bottom half of one and the top half yeah. of other. <laughs> This is what we mean when we say cognitively we are not all there yet. Nope. <sighs> I tell you, after the run, I was fucking starving. Yeah. But as soon as I had a little bit to eat, appetite gone. Yeah. Which I wasn't expecting because I've around about 5,000 calories. Yeah. Probably some, more. Somehow I'm heavier now than I was on Saturday morning. Yeah. You've probably eaten a lot yesterday, did you? Well, it's, I, I actually, I don't think, it, I think it's more to do with the inflammation. Yeah. That's as, as much. Um, you tend to retain a little bit more. Yeah. Are you going to ask me about my injuries or are you just going to? You take all that time for yourself and then Yeah. Well I thought you you've talked about your toe enough and I don't want to hear any more about it. Do you have any other do you have any other oh my god, my words won't work. Do you have any other injuries that aren't your fucking gammy toe? No, I ran sixty Ks and I'm fine. Unit. No, um so what I was describing just before I described something that happened in my right foot, but it's alright now, but the same things happened in my left foot, but it's not alright now. So essentially the um the it's the tendon that I mentioned before that pulls your foot up and it's like quite inflamed at the moment. So I can't really pull it up that well at the moment. I can like sit here and do it, but in terms of like gait, you find the hard much. to pull. I always find it hard to pull. Um, and there's like a few, it feels like I got maybe some like bone contusions in the foot. So that's pretty much just like bone bruising um, yeah. uh, in there as well. Um, and then the plantar fasciitis is definitely not having a good time. So I'm just trying not to stretch it out too much in there. Um, obviously, my toe on my right foot's not in a good way. Um, that nail is not long for the world. Um, I'll put it away. <laughs> but it's the toe itself is actually so much bigger. It's bruised. Yeah, fuck it's that's like manky. bruised and there's a blood blister. Like It's seen better days. But the nail is currently on it, which is good. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I was I was really afraid of losing a toenail, and my feet aren't too bad. I feel like losing a toenail is a rite of passage. It's like when so when um, one of my first ocean swims in a wetsuit earlier this year, um, I got chafe on my neck, and I, when I felt it start to chafe, I was like, "Oh, Ross Edgley got chafe on his neck. <laughs> this is my OTM. <laughs> um, with that in mind, I've got a bit of chafing in weird positions. So on both sides of my neck from the pack, as I mentioned, so I thought it was sunburn, but it's actually like full on scabby chafe. And then under my, like on my like lat under here from when I had the belt in full lad mode, 
it was like chafing. chafed. I didn't even realize until afterwards, but there's like it's. I mean, at least you didn't realize. Like, I'd rather that where you don't notice and then it's just like, oh shit, this has happened. Yeah. Because the same thing happened with me and my sunburn. <laughs> yeah. I put sun cream on in the morning at before 5.30 when we started. Yeah. And then didn't put any sun cream on us. See, I was applying it constantly after I bought that tube. Yeah. I, I should have brought some or bought some. Yeah. But it was the least of my concerns. <laughs> I didn't, like, it didn't feel bad until yeah, really yesterday. Yeah. And then I've got that, like, scab on my back from the little bit of the pack that was, like, cutting in. Um, I've got, like, all my, like, obliques and my abs um, and my, like, lower back for a while felt, like, to the touch, it, like, quite sensitive and sore, um, like a sharp pain when you touch them um and then just the rest of, like yesterday i was having to like to stand up i'd have to move my legs with my hands yeah and then well. and then like push through my hands to get myself up so and um i i mean i i went for a swim at Coogee yesterday and when, when i went in the water i felt fucking amazing when i got out of the water not as much <laughs> yeah um walking up the gentle slope <laughs> yeah yeah so it's uh i don't think there's anything to i'll see how this foot tracks because obviously i'm going away tomorrow so I'll see how it tracks whilst I'm away. Um, a few steps on the D floor should, I think, should um, fix it. It should be sweet by then. But if it's still giving me grief when I get back, I'll um, I'll check in. I'll probably check in with the boys at the running room because I my podiatrist is part of Posh Pod, which is part of the running room. But she's all the way up in Manly, which is just a bit too much of a fucking it's very trip, far. Um, especially for a twenty minute session. Um, so I think I might go and see Pat because um, I was no shit. Call. I got a good vibe off him. Yeah, especially for running. And his technique was fucking amazing. You know, when we first set off at half five or just after, and he's like, right, boys, let's go, and just fucking pelted. Just sent it. <laughs> for like 100, 200 meters, like, cop on. Yeah, but that was, that was <laughs> Slow like... Slow down. That was real quick, though. That wasn't yeah. just like he sent it. That was like, for me, that would be like like full on 100%. But like, it looks so effortless. It looks so easy for him, yeah. Um, and it, it was actually taking the piss yeah. and then came back to us. When we started and everyone was kind of like moving, I was like, the pace we were going at, I was like, fuck, these boys are quick. <laughs> yeah. That like that first K felt really, really hard. And I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and mean, it was good to, I think it was good to start that way because it wasn't like, rather than being like, oh, I'll start slowly and like maintain the pace. It was like, let's just like push for a bit, get a good chunk of it under our belt, give yeah. ourselves some time. And then, I mean, I think realistically, if you hadn't stopped, you probably would have been in a lot better state. Yeah. I think regardless what happened because of my inexperience. And actually there was when um just before we kicked off one of the lads was like, "Oh, so everyone's everyone here is like an ultra runner and stuff." And I was like, "I've been running for 2 months." Yeah. And one of the other guys was like, "Oh, I'm I'm pretty like inexperienced as well." And you're like, "No, no, like I've been running for 2 months." <laughs> yeah. No, like I think I was talking to Harrison at one point as well. Like used to competing triathlons yeah. and all that, and he's like, "Oh yeah, look, I, I just did it last year as a bit of a laugh." Like they were all some pretty serious runners. Yeah, they were all like they've all done ultras before. Yeah, so I was a little out of my depth, but both of us were. still did it. Yeah, Fuck and it. also, I mean, like now we've done ultras before. So. Yeah, never done a marathon, but done an ultra marathon. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also had so I, in the interest of um, keeping my energy up, I bought some caffeine gummies. Yeah, to have, and they tasted. So horrible. They were like, and it's funny because I've, I've given to my, I gave one to my housemate and his girlfriend yesterday to see how they would react. So you chew it and at first you're like, oh, this is fine. And then you chew it for a bit and then you swallow it. And then all of a sudden there's just this taste just hits you and it's just so rank. So you you see something, it takes about 30 seconds for them to actually taste the disgustingness. 
But anyway, I was like, oh, I had the two, first two and I was like, oh, that's rank. Had some water, blah, blah, blah. And then knew for the next time I had some, just have some water straight after. It'd be sweet. And then the third time I had some, boom, 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 went to sip some water and I was out of water from my oh, camelback. No. So he was just going up Ocean Street. So I wasn't too far from Centennial Park. But I was like, fuck, I'm just going to get back to Centennial Park to get some, to wash my mouth out because it tastes How horrible. good is that Gatorade that you're about? Oh, so good. So good. Blue flavor. Blue flavor. Yeah, definitely. I think I had... In that one day, I had three Gatorades and two Powerades. Yeah, in one day, I did had another one after I got home. adequately because <laughs> I was pumping gels like every half an hour. See, I didn't pump gels too much. I think I had two on the entire run because I you can't see these guys, but my jaw just dropped. Yeah, well, I I just couldn't because I don't I didn't think I could stomach it. The only thing I could stomach was the gummy bears. So I had a big share pack of gummy bears. Which, oh my God, they were life-giving gummy bears. Like, they were so delicious. Like, I was in so much pain. I was like, all I want to do is eat these gummy bears. But then, for like the next two or three K after that, I couldn't stop burping and all I could taste was gummy bears. I was like, Bleh. I'm going to give you some advice right now, Andy. 70 to 80 grams of carbs every hour. Yeah, didn't follow that. <laughs> so I was like, I took 12 gels and I only needed eight, but I took 12. Yeah. Just to make sure that I had that. that I cap. took 10 and had to. Oh, Andy. Terrible idea. Oh, Andy. But anyway, it's done now. I don't think, realistically, I don't think the gels would have made me any faster because what slowed me down. I no, mean, like you were, you slowed down by the pain, but the gels is what is going to help you feel better and feel like, like, yeah, true. Energy wise. Like most people don't understand the effect that not being fueled properly has on them until they fuel themselves properly. Yeah. Do you know what's bad though? I know how to feel myself properly and I didn't. <laughs> and I think that's more due to, I know how to do it, but the inexperience of inexperience. doing it um, for an event or for mm. endurance. Yeah. So I'll know for next time. Yeah, it's just going to be, I mean, good practice for the Ironman. Yeah, life lesson. Uh, yeah, I'd, I would much rather have what happened to me happen in this kind of, yeah, it was a charity thing and it was just kind of like, oh yeah, well, look, we'll go and do it. And it it's not wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the most serious thing in the world. I'd much rather have it happen on that rather than the nice official yeah. Ironman 70.3 in Cairns, yeah. June 18th. But I was, yeah, I was pumping gels. Like every time my stomach like, gurgled, it was like, boom, gel. There was actually, I ran past quite a few chicken like chicken shops. I was like, fuck, I could stop for a chicken burger right now. <laughs> I would have rather, well, I, I found I wasn't hungry. And maybe that's why I didn't have, have any much. Yeah. Like I never really got any cravings for it's, hunger. It's really weird. Like your the signals that you get to your brain don't feel like hunger because you're exercising. And if you're not used to eating whilst you exercise, the signals that you get are not hunger. They're just exhaustion yeah, and like fatigue. Um, what you start to do when you eat more as you exercise, because like really sickly, like how often prior to training for this triathlon or the Ironman would you eat whilst you were training? Very rarely. Almost never. Yeah. But you have to because you, you need to get... Like, you're, you're training for so long. You're training, but it's also like you can get as much cows in by drinking as you want, but there's something about actually having some more solid substance in your gut that makes you feel more full. Yeah. Um, so you definitely have to eat things. Um, I remember on the Ironman, like I like had enough calorie or carbs in me. Like I, would, I was fine from that perspective. But I grabbed this like fruit bar specifically because I just needed something solid inside me. Same thing on the 
<laughs> Phrasing. <laughs> and then on the run, I had to have some gummies as well because I needed to make sure there was something. You could have gotten away with that because I'm not fully there. Yeah, but I. that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was so rookie for me. Um, how good. Um, but yeah, the, you, you what you'll start to figure out is those the hunger signals coming through is like exhaustion or like fatigue. And then once you start to figure that and you start to eat more whilst you train, they'll actually come through as hunger signals and then you'll be able to eat, eat whilst you do it. But yeah, if you're not feeling yourself properly, that's pretty... Not not an ideal strategy. Nope. <laughs> that's why I had that banana bread because I, like, I was like, I feel like I'm not going to get another opportunity to sit down and eat. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I was thinking an almond croissant, but I thought that might be a little bit too much fat. Yeah bit too much to process i just thought coffee done go because <laughs> i was feeling so sweet at that point i was like yeah this is class and then they won life <laughs> and then they ran up the hill yeah that fucking hill <laughs> um cunt. you know what was really fun you know because i'd never been down at the malabar headland that was that was really st- cool that was a stunning run yeah views views like and because you're running on this like great platform like path so there's a bit of bounce to it as well yeah a bit of bounce so you get years but there's also just like bush on both sides of it yeah except for that one bit where we were like running on the rock i was like i'm definitely gonna roll my ankle i was like this is so dodgy i almost fell over at one point actually I was, in I saw, Do- was, we were still well, i was talking point. about this time I was in Dover oh, heights i right. full-on like was would have broken my wrist yeah. like full-on like slipped Head going down towards the ground. Because you look like cool. you nearly fell over them rocks and Malibu as well. I did slip a little bit, but yeah. I'm survived. Sometimes I'm a real mountain goat on rocks, and other times I'm just I'm like a. I get a real mountain goat vibe off you. Just the way you're looking at me with them eyes. Sometimes I'm a mountain goat on rocks like that, and sometimes I'm like a, a you know a kid learning a kid learning to, a giraffe that's just been born. <laughs> because they're really shaky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got that. <coughs> um. Weird little sidetrack, obviously, we've talked a little about um, the run. But something amazing also happened on Saturday night. It was, of course, the Socceroos 1-0 win over Tunisia. They did. Yeah, the boys. Mitchell Duke. No one saw that coming. How about, because I've only seen the two-minute highlights that SBS put up. I don't know why, like, you cannot put a full football match into a two-minute highlights. You can, no, there's mi- there's heaps of highlights. There's minis, Yeah, I which go. are 25 minutes. Oh, I should go watch them. I've yeah. only seen the two-minute highlights. But there was two big moments in that game. The, well, there was three. The goal. The goal, obviously. But what the fuck's his name? Harry Suter. That's it. The Suter. Fucking I couldn't six think of his first six, name. 1.98 meter Scottish bloke with an Australian mum. How good. Yeah. Just loping across the field. There was the one where. <laughs> he made the block yeah, in the it first was block. half. So he made a mistake and they made a break because of it. And then he got back across and, and made blocked. the block. Yeah. And he made the block because he's so fucking long. But the tackle. That tackle. That was a, I'm either getting red carded or I'm taking this because ball cleanly. he took the ball so cleanly, but he also clattered him. Yeah. Like, like it, a, it, was it was like, like proper tackle. Bosh. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you got this fucking giant. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, because you were saying he's Scottish, is he? He's born and raised in Scotland. but yeah, There you mom. go. Yeah. That, that, have you ever seen the SPL? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's hard it's, challenges. It's a very, yeah. very different kind of football than the English Premier League. Well, see, that's the thing. Like the A-League is like the SPL, except just shit. Yeah, <laughs> worse. Um, yeah, a league is going back to our conversation a few weeks ago about like Super Rugby. I you very rarely know it's on. The we, marketing for Super Rugby, the marketing for the A league is shit. Yeah, well, I mean the A league's only been around for two thousand five, seventeen years. That's like I mean that's longer than some sports. Like I don't know. Name one. Like, like I, I'm thinking more like sports teams like have 
gone into other competitions. Yeah, but that's, that's, more that's what the I was entire thinking. league. The yeah, thing no, is that, that's what I was thinking. The thing is that with the A-League, like a lot of the support is still in its first generation. Like you don't have – there's it's only starting now that kids are growing up having, the A-League, yeah. having their parents supporting the team and so they support Yeah, the yeah, fair. And there's just not enough money. It's a fucking retirement league. I mean like Nanny, the like, yeah. Portuguese winger used to play for Man United, he played for Man United and then played for Madrid maybe and then went to America, which is MLS, which is a retirement, a retirement league. league. And is now in Australia. Yeah. So it's a retirement league for retirement leagues. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I mean, we had Alessandro Del Piero at like 45. Yeah. Damien Duff came over and played a few years ago. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Sturridge is not really retirement age yet, but he's not – he's playing really horribly for Perth at the moment, I think. But, um, yeah, it's just – I mean, there's not a huge amount of money in it. And they have a salary cap um, and, and like a restriction on overseas players. It's like – it sometimes it gets big, but I think it's just kind of like lost its touch recently. It's just, just like if you're a football fan, it's a sh- like not a good brand of football to watch. Yeah, I, I'd imagine as well, like from a grassroots level, like if you're growing up and you're playing football in Australia and you are at a level where you're like, oh shit, this kid might make it, international teams are going to come and poach you, like yeah. international clubs. Well, so it's, it's interesting the way it works because if you're a kid, um, you to go and play in an academy in Europe, you have to live in that country. Uh, so there's a couple of options. A, you either have to have family in that country that you can go and move to go and live with, um, or B, your family has to move over with you. So it's a big jump to go there. Um, what these the clubs, the A clubs are doing is trying to establish actual academies so that you go to the academy. You like that's where you can actually learn to play football at a professional level. Then you start playing professionally in the A League, and then and then you, then you go, you go overseas. Yeah. Um, it's a huge sacrifice to kids go over and so many go over and just don't make it. Like there was a guy yeah. in my year in high school, Joey Foe, who is like, he's a fucking talented footballer. And he went over to Bolton. He was in the Bolton Academy and he goes, his dad was French or was like, had a French passport so they could go and live there. So his, yeah. his whole family went over with him and um, he was in the Bolton Academy and now he's playing in like the Welsh second division or something. Yeah. Well, well same thing happens in Ireland. Like lads who get really good go over like they only go so far with their with yeah. their, their boyhood clubs. Yeah, they don't really go in. Like they very rarely go into the League of Ireland. They go over and play first or second division, yeah. or go into an academy. Yeah, because it's like and once again, very few people make it because the talent pool for football is so 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 big. So many people play football. Yeah. There's only so many jobs. Exactly. Um, but with that in mind, Australia. Yeah. All they need, like, okay, I know that all they need against Denmark is a draw. Is like a lot bigger ask than just... I know, like, but you'd rather be going into the Denmark game needing a draw, draw than a win. Than needing a win. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if we play against Denmark like we did against Tunisia, genuine, like... Did, just, you, st- did you stay up and watch it? I watched the whole game, yeah. And it was just like... Because after the first game, we played against France 1-0 up after nine minutes. And then at around... Everyone agrees. Around about the 15-minute mark, we went into our shell and France just dominated. And yeah. you'd expect that. I mean, they got some of the best players in the world... But it was reigning World Cup champions yeah, as well. But it was like rather than them outplaying us, which they did, we stopped playing. Yeah. And it was like, oh, we'll hold on to a one 0 lead for seventy five minutes against some of the best stri- strikers in the world. Come on, mate. Um, and then Peter Fitzsimons, who is an Australian kind of like, he's an Australian journalist, former Wallaby, bit of a weird bloke. He was like tweeting like, it just looks like we're not having a go. Like he said, it looks like we're just not trying. 
which isn't very Australian. Like the Australian spirit is you have a crack. Whether you win or not, you have a fucking crack. Yeah. And he was tweeting about that. And then this other bloke, Simon Hill, who was an Australian football commentator, started like coming back at him and being like, oh no, like, you know, France have all this money. They have all these professional teams. They have an academy. They have a newspaper purely just for football. They have blah, 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 blah. And it just sounded like he was just giving excuses like, yeah. oh, they're better than us. So like, that's why we lost. It's like, no, if you watch the game, we weren't trying. We're playing horribly. They scored goals off our mistakes, not from their yeah. pure brilliance. Um, so it was really awesome to see in this game against Tunisia because we just fucking had a crack. They should have seen the boys running. Like it was like they were more talent. I, I'd say they were more skillful than our, us, but the boys just ran. Like Matthew Lecky, that bloke has got an absolute engine. Like he was just chased every ball. There was one point where he was like made a defensive clearance and then ran the entire length of the field and missed out from what well, if he'd gotten a touch on this oh, cross, the, the ball that was crossed. Yeah, if he'd gotten a touch on that ball, he would have scored. Like it would have gone in. Yeah, it would have been two. And he missed out by maybe an inch. Yeah, and that was up like like fucking sending it down the whole pitch. So, like absolute props to the boys. Um, definitely, like Matt Ryan controlled. Definitely, the second half was an amazing effort by a goalkeeper. I haven't seen him play that well ever. Where is he playing club football now? Uh, sort of Copenhagen in Denmark. Denmark, and he's not even getting a run. Is like he, he was at Arsenal at one point. Yeah, he, he was because he left Brighton and went to Arsenal. He left Brighton and went to Arsenal. He's been at Sociedad. He's been in Belgium. Like, and yeah. now he's like not getting a run in in Denmark. It's fuck. Yeah. Um, and then Harry Suter, obviously, that was his third. No, sorry, fourth game back from an ACL injury. He spent a year out, played two games with Stoke, weren't even full games, and then one full game against France, and then that game. That was his fourth game in a year. Decent shift. Um, Aaron Moy. Class as ever, like yeah. he's a cl- yeah. classiest bloke in the Australian jersey. At Before the, the World Cup, he's the only Aussie player I knew. Yeah, because he plays with Celtic. Celtic yeah. yeah, but he's like, and he was at Brighton as well. Uh, was he at Brighton? No, Huddersfield. When Huddersfield, Huddersfield was in yeah. the Premier League, um, he was. Yeah, he was just super classy. Like um, the way, he, like he's obviously he's not as good as Andres Iniesta, but the way he's able to like turn out of spaces is very Iniesta like. Yeah, very like he can. Someone will ha- they'll have him covered and he'll just turn and get the ball. Yeah, he's just definitely the best technical player on that team. Hundred percent. And then um, Mitch Duke and Matt Leckie just they just ran and ran and ran and Duke just got into like into the space, got the goal because there was a deflection, but the header was fucking good. It was good. It was off the back of his head. Yeah, it was a good. But it was it was aimed. It wasn't just I just threw my head. No, out. like he aimed it off the back of his head and yeah. it clipped. Into no, the it corner. was a, it was a good goal. Like because I remember hearing the commentary, they're like, "Oh, it's taking a deflection and oh, and it's gone in." I was like, no, but like... It was a deflected cross yeah. and, then it, and then he tapped it in. Which arguably makes it harder. Yeah, and like he's, he was in the right place at the right time, which yeah. is what a striker's job is. That's it. Yeah. No. Great win for the boys. Right. When's the Denmark game on? That's uh, on 2 a.m. one though, isn't it? Thursday morning. Which for me, in, De- in Dubai, will be Wednesday night. Oh, you can't. How good. Yeah. I'll so, see. do you want to know what my plan is? Because my flight's at 6 a.m. tomorrow, which means I need to be yeah. at the airport at roughly 3 a.m. Yeah. So, my plan is I'm going to stay up all night tonight watching football and playing FIFA. That's a terrible idea. And then go straight to the airport. That's a terrible idea. Well, I would have to wake up at 2 o'clock. Yeah, I know, but just get some sleep, mate. We sleep on the plane. It's a 14-hour flight. That's true. And also, I'm actually putting myself onto Dubai time. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. See? It's not a terrible idea. No, it's I've not. thought this. I actually thought this through. And you know what? I'm actually, <laughs> it's funny, I'm better prepared for this flight to Dubai than I was for the run. <laughs> because I'm going to bed, because uh, last night I stayed up late as well on purpose and then slept in this morning to push back the time I need to go to sleep tonight. Yeah. And then I was talking to my mum last night 
um, and she was like, I was like, what do you think I should do? Because my mum's quite a sensible woman. So usually she's the, she gives a very conservative um, like option. Yeah. And then I'll try and then I'll have like the le- less conservative and I try and find Split the middle. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, well, if it was anyone else, I'd say just stay up. But for you, because you go to bed at <laughs> eight o'clock and yeah. wake up so early, I'd probably see if you go to sleep. I was like, I'll try. That's and what I, that's what I'm thinking. I was like, you're not used to staying up. Well, that's the thing. It's I can push my bedtime back quite easily. Yeah, it's bring and then I have to bring it forward again, which is the tough part. Yeah, you'll be all right. I mean, you're going on holidays. The yeah. Dubai I'm already on holiday, mate. Yeah, exactly. I'm on holiday. <laughs> Playing FIFA until midnight last night. Oh fuck off. <laughs> um, I think that might just about be it for us. Yeah. Um, I do, I do have one more question for you. Oh, say those. What was your favorite part of Saturday? Be like from start to finish in the run. I don't mean the soccer. <laughs> um, I think the run would still beat it. Um, yeah, but of the run, what was your favorite part? Is there any one moment that stood out to you, or because like you can easily go and pick like fucking ten moments that were like this is pr- this fucking pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, I think it was um, probably. When I got to the top of Ocean Street, when I was running back to Centennial Park, so I was almost at the 10K mark. And you knew there's not, 10K to go. not really many hills left. Not many hills to go. And I just kind of went, because that I knew running it long, I knew that that hill, the hill out from Rose Bay to double, up to Double Bay, sorry, up to, yeah, up to Double Bay, and then Double Bay up to Edgecliff, and then Ocean Street, obviously Edgecliff to Centennial Park. I knew those were going to be fucking horrible. Yeah, and I I knew it, and I was like, I've just got to conquer them. Once I got to the top of, I saw the the lights to cross to Centennial Park at Ocean Street. I was like, fuck, maybe I can actually do this. Yeah, <laughs> and then I was like, just watching because every time I hit a K, I would like do a little fist pump to myself. Yeah, like, good on me. Um, and so I was like, almost at that ten K mark, like all fifty K mark, and I was like, fuck, I might actually do this. So yeah, that's probably it. Oh, nice. What was yours? So there's two. There's two like really. I thought we just asked for one. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> I, di- I didn't specify. <coughs> I said there was plenty of of really cool moments. There was two in particular. There was first one was early days when we were just we'd just done Malabar Heads, and Pat put on um, Danger Zone. I'm on the highway, <laughs> Danger Zone, and we were all just running, and that was fucking epic because everyone was together. Yeah, running like we had five k's to go to get to a coffee. It's like we just run. Just seen sunrise, pretty much. Yeah. Or not sunrise, but like pretty much, yeah. Um, really early, yeah. Run around Malabar Heads, really nice really light. Yeah, like the, you could smell the ocean. It was fantastic. I couldn't smell it. Yeah, <laughs> you were too busy snotting yourself. I ran that entire thing with a cold. Yeah, that's a like a block nose. That's pretty. <laughs> and did it an hour and fifteen minutes faster than me. <laughs> an hour and fifteen? What'd you do it in? Eight thirty. Oh yeah, yeah. So took a while. Yeah. <laughs> First thirty k took three thirty hours. <laughs> Five hours for the second thirty k, <laughs> so a uh, bit of a bit of improvement to be there. Yeah, to be seen. Yeah, so that was one. Because I, I was just like, we were running along. I was like, this is fucking cool. I was like, this is a Saturday, and this is what we've decided to do ourselves. Mm. And it, it just kind of maybe really appreciate like the people that we surround ourselves with. Obviously, you, everyone else. <laughs> 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 but like, I think there's there's definitely positives to be taken. From like what we decide to do, like we didn't have to do that. There was nothing, like it wasn't a big event. It was just kind of like, do you want sixty k to raise money from November? Like mm. we didn't put any real thought into it. We were like, fuck it, let's go and do it. So we went and did that, and I kind of it really dawned on me there. I was like, 
this is a cool way to spend a Saturday. This is cool. Like, what we do is really cool. And I was happy to be sharing it with, with my mate Robbie. And then the second, uh, my second favorite bit was, it's not really like one defined moment, like like the music, like running to, uh, to Danger Zone, but the last 10K with Kira was, Aww. I know, really cute, I know. But, because I, I was going, I was in the Hurt Locker for a long period of time, and like, always trying to, like, like I was staying in touch with her, so I'm extending, like sending voice notes on WhatsApp, and everything, was, everything from her was always really, really, oops, everything from her, from her was always really, really positive. It wasn't exactly the most positive for me. I was like, fuck, I'm in pain, I'm in bits. I was like, where are you? Um, I was like, I'm so far away, it's going to take me ages to get to you, and then I still have another 10K to do. And I got there, she's like, sweet, sit down. Um, took the took the best off, took the pack off. Here's to get right, here's some Panadol. She's like, you're doing really good, really proud of you. Just have to, like, it's the home stretch, really. And I, and she's like, and I'm gonna run a witch. I was like, I was like, are you sure? Because, like, you don't run as much as me. And you, she hadn't run 10k before then, so to run 10k with the little fucking esky on her back, bouncing around, with no kind of, no thoughts other than other than I'm gonna get him to where he needs to be. Was pretty, was pretty, pretty cool. I really enjoyed it. Are you gonna cry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell that story at your wedding. Yeah. And it was pretty cool to run past the opera house because, in hindsight, didn't need to run to the opera house because nope. I did an extra one point one k. But yeah, it was pretty cool. And she got a few photos and videos of me running there as well. And I was like, "This is cool." Like I'm on because for me, this is the other side of the world. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not from here. And the opera really? house, yeah, believe it or not, that's why I sound funny. The opera house is obviously a, a really big landmark, and and the Harbour Bridge as well. It's like I'm on the other side of the world, having run sixty k. It's just really fucking cool to be, yeah, loving life. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And then I wasn't loving life that evening, though. Nope. No, I was, in, I was nope, struggling nope, nope. to move. I was like, <laughs> put myself on the couch. Kira got me a hot water bottle from my lower back and just sat there. <laughs> yeah. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what we watched on TV. I don't remember. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Awesome. That's awesome. I just want to say a quick shout out to everyone that has donated to our page yeah our goal way was, more than i thought we'd do our goal was a thousand dollars and we've done 1275 at time of recording fucking sweet um the link will be in the bio i think it's still up they still give you a few days i think by the time this comes out you still might have a couple of days to yeah so donate. today's monday the 28th but today um, the episode that comes out is on the 5th but yeah this comes out on the 5th they're still they still leave it open for a couple of days in Did december they? yeah um, so if anyone still wants to donate, that would be amazing. Um, yeah, to, thank you to, to everyone who has donated as well. Like um, we, we set a, a target of $1,000, and when we first set that, I didn't consult Robbie, I just set it, and I was like, oh, that's pretty lofty. I was like, I don't know how close we'll get to it. I mean, and if we look at our individual efforts, um, Andy as team captain has raised a total of $0, <laughs> and Robbie as not team captain, and who actually only spent, only made this account about halfway through November, I've done 225. So I think some maybe donate straight to Andy so he doesn't feel so bad. Oh, well, see, whenever <laughs> I share the link, I just share the team link. I don't publish share in mine. You're doing it the wrong way. Yeah. Um, but with that in mind, thank you everyone that's donated. It means sort of like so much. Um, a few anonymous supporters. Rob Nee. Yeah. He sent me a message. Oh, Did he? really nice. Didn't send uh, <laughs> should I just read out all the, the people that donated? Yeah, you can do. Eve Lawler. Thank yeah. you for your donation. Kira's mate. An anonymous supporter. Thank you for your donation. Rob Nee, thank you for your donation. Sharky Swim School. 
Yeah, thank you for your donation. Also Total no, Tools, also known as Caroline. Yeah, I think everyone gets money from Total Tools. I think there's just a yeah. yeah. I wasn't, mm. uh, I wasn't sure about that one. Emily Flood, that's your client. Yeah, who client got us over the grand? Thank you. Um, yeah, huge effort from them. Mel, deep. Uh, my mate Johnny Liska. <laughs> Good luck, Throbby McThrobbled. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> um, uh, my brother Andy, another Andy. Yeah, he's better than you. Uh, Sean Mason. There's a few Irish names here. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Mason, Tommy Doyle, Cathal Lanigan. Did I pronounce that right? No, Cahill. Cahill Lanigan. Uh, Second effort was good. Iana Harrison. Aina. Aina Harrison. Also, that's Aina is Irish for Ender. Oh. So I just call him Ender. Uh, Kira O'Reilly. Yeah. Um, one and only. Anne and Jim Keating. Twice. Yeah, twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my mum my ma- made a mistake. <laughs> Done it twice. Uh, an anonymous supporter with $69. I... I it fucks me off. I don't know who that was. <laughs> An anonymous supporter with 50 bucks. Um, and then I'll go, wait, I'll go on to my one to see who donated directly to me for my the extra 225. Oh, I just realized that I put, I spelt my name MC capital D capital O. So I misspelt my own name. Uh-huh. Um, Throbby McThrobbled. Um, uh, um, Tony, one of my clients. Uh, Jimmy Haywood. Thank you, sir. Matt Walsh, to me. <laughs> um, Loz Aitken, thank you very much. And Reed and Palmer, thank you very much. So that's Lovely stuff. Thank you to everyone because it, it is a massive, massive effort. Yeah, it does mean a lot to us. And all that money is going towards a good cause, which is for um, men's health in general, which is obviously important to both of us because we are men. Yeah. You couldn't just assume that, but we yeah. are. Um and so, yeah, and I mean, no matter what, that money is going to, in some way, everyone in our lives, at someone, at some way, everyone at some point in their life is going to be negatively affected by men's health. And so this money is going to go towards reducing that negative effect. That was very profound. And I could see the cogs turning in your head while you tried to work that out. <laughs> I figured it out in my head whilst I was running, but then to put it into words was different. Yeah, there was a lot of thinking time. <laughs> on Saturday So much head noise I think I did this entire podcast in my head <laughs> <laughs> And then I had um, a song called Apart from zombie The zombie rewording as head noise um, And country songs I had um, a song called Good Life by Lizzie Stuck in my head as well <laughs> you, Which you wouldn't know Because nah. it's like um, Sydney or well, Brisbane drill rap But it, just, it was just stuck in there And I was just like Oh cool Didn't listen I didn't play any music the entire I had my AirPods there. I didn't bring mine. I had them there. It was a little bit of a like, they're there if you're a coward. There was times I wanted them. I was like, well, I didn't bring them, so that's fine. There you go. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for donating. Um, it was an experience that I think both of us will remember for a while. When are we doing 100? <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> um, say less, less goal. Um but yeah, thank you everyone that donated and that listen is listening to this episode right now. And yeah, listen episode to fourteen. Yeah, look at us, mega. Almost, we're seventy percent of the way to our target. Yeah, of twenty. Twenty episodes. Once we hit there, we're fucking podcasters. Yeah, and then I think once we hit twenty, though, we will keep going. Oh no, we're not going to stop. Yeah, no, I'm just I want to reassure everyone. Yeah, don't worry, you'll still be able to hear our dulcet yeah. tones over the year. Don't plan anyways. on pulling the Quentin Tarantino and just being like, oh yeah, I'm going to do nine movies and then fuck it. <laughs> um, yes thank you for listening like, don't forget to like and follow and subscribe and share turn on the notifications download the episode all the stuff yeah 
rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And Amazon if you're losing. Yeah, tag us on Instagram at Better Blokes Podcast. Follow us at Better Blokes Podcast. Yeah, do that as well. We are hopefully we no, not hopefully. We will in the near future be improving our um social media game. So we'll be able to post some more stuff on the Instagram so it will be some better quality content and hopefully have some more guests. Yeah. And if you have questions That's the plan for the new year is more guests. If you have questions, the email is betterblokespodcast at gmail.com or you can send us a DM on Instagram or when we put up a question box on the story at some point, you can ask a question. Yeah. yeah. Do that. Otherwise, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Wait, wait, wait. See ya. <laughs>